Hey guys, what's up? It's Corey from Lean Green Dad. Lean Green Dad Radio is brought to you by Health IQ. Now, we all know that we need life insurance, but some of us take better care of ourselves than others. In fact, some of you out there might even be avid runners or yogis, or maybe you just really eat a well-balanced diet that's full of lots of fruits and veggies, nuts and beans and seeds. If this sounds like you, then you need to check out Health IQ. Health IQ has partnered with a handful of insurance companies around the country to help you get lower rates on your life insurance. Sure, eating a vegan diet makes you feel great and helps you lower your cholesterol and blood pressure, but now it can help you save money on your life insurance. Visit them online today at healthiq.com slash leangreendad and learn more about how you can reap the benefits of your healthy life by saving money on your life insurance for you and your family. Again, that's healthiq.com slash leangreendad to learn more about Health IQ. everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Lean Green Dad Radio. <laughs> From sunny Orlando, Florida, this is Lean Green Dad Radio, the podcast that provides fuel for families. And now, here's your host, Corey Warren. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hope you're having an awesome week. My name is Corey, and I am really excited about today's show. If you've ever wondered about honey, or you've ever been on the fence about it as a vegan, or maybe you're curious just about bees in general, then this show is for you. I learned so much from our guest, who I will tell you all about in a minute, but first, who is this dude you're listening to? What was going on? My name is Corey. I am a husband, a father of three, and a plant-based athlete. And each week, I get to talk to some of the most inspiring people that I can find to help me stay motivated, to stay fit, eat healthy, and get the most out of life as a busy parent. Because that's what I am. And for me, finding time to work out, make healthy, quick meals for me and my family while spending quality time together... It can be really exhausting, especially when we overschedule ourselves. So my hope is that by me getting a chance to talk to some of these folks that you'll take away some quick tips or inspiration that you can use in your life to try to keep you and your family going strong. All right, now today's guest is Katie Sanchez from Be Free Honey. Yes, you heard that right. Be Free Honey, folks. And I can tell you firsthand that it is amazing. You might not uh, know it, but uh, if, if you don't watch Shark Tank, but you will definitely recognize her and her business partner, Melissa, from the hit show Shark Tank, where they were funded and supported by three different sharks. Yes, well, today we'll hear from Katie on why bees are important to our planet, how she accidentally created her special secrets recipe, and what it was like being the daughter of a beekeeper. Yeah, you heard that right, folks. One of the owners of Bee Free Honey has a father who was a beekeeper. Oh, God, this show is so great, and I'm so excited to get started. So let's just jump right in to my interview with Katie Sanchez from Bee Free Honey. All right. Hey, guys, what's up? All right. We are here with the one of the amazing founders of Be Free Honey, Katie Sanchez. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. Heck yeah. Well, I had a chance to meet you at the Seed Food and Wine Festival in Miami. Uh, you were giving out your straws full of Be Free Honey, I believe. Is that what it was? Little straws? Yes. 
Yeah, they were great. Straws, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So guys, there are these straws that you just bite off the end of. They're they're sealed on each end, and you bite off the end, and you can just like get a nice little taste. And um, it was I was blown away. I was absolutely amazed. Uh, just to bring you guys up to speed here, Be Free Honey. If you haven't heard of them, maybe you haven't watched Shark Tank, but uh, they were funded by three of the sharks. And uh, we're not going to talk about her experience on Shark Tank too much because there's so many other fascinating and amazing things going on with this company that um, I, I just want to dive into them. But, you know, first, Katie, I, I think you've shared the story a little bit about how this wonderful mistake happened. But <laughs> talk talk to us about the, the origin. Where, where did this idea of bee-free honey come from? Honey from apples. Right. Well... I was actually trying to make apple jelly and I had not read the directions and being a novice jelly maker, I just decided to go full steam ahead and do it and um, discovered I don't know how to make jelly, but you <laughs> could make apple honey. So I, I, I was looking at it and I realized that this was completely wrong, but I don't waste anything. So I decided to can it and just see what would happen. And the next morning I looked and it was just like honey. And my father growing up was um, a beekeeper and we grew up with an apple orchard in our front yard. So the whole thing is full circle for me. That's so incredible. I did not know your father was a beekeeper. That that really does bring it full circle. That is so cool. Yeah, he he he. His comment was, "Well, if anyone's going to make honey without a bee, it would be you." There we go. There we go. Thank you. I will take that as a compliment. And, and and you were a pastry chef in the past as well, right? I was at the time. I was a pastry chef for Whole Foods. Oh my gosh, you're kidding me! That's incredible. No. Yeah, I was. Um, and I I did a lot of vegan products, and you know, back then there were not the options that there are now. And so um, I was, when I, when I started hearing about the decline of the honeybees and I was looking into whether or not it was a viable product, one of the um, driving forces outside of, you know, wanting to help the bee population was the gift I could give my fellow vegan bakers. Yes. Yes. Now Whole Foods does have quite the selection of vegan products. Yeah. Like the vegan. Oh my God. The vegan little chocolate chip cookies and the vegan <laughs> cakes. You know, I can get them for my son if he has a birthday party or whatever, you know, because our whole family's vegan, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. It used to, you know, when I was the pastry chef there, it was limited to maybe three or four items in the case at any given time. But now, uh, you know, plant-based lifestyle is really... And and just even being, you know, I guess they call call themselves flexitarians now, uh, people who are plant based curious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you know, yes. It's, it's just becoming more of a norm and not a thing. It's just you know, if it's good, people are just more accepting now. I think it's true. I think it's uh, it's more than about. Uh, you know, just just a fad now. It, and it's easier than ever to eat a plant-based diet because there's so many wonderful products out there. But, you know, unlike some of those other products, well, I shouldn't say unlike, you know, any product that's vegan is going to speak to helping the planet, right? Whether it's reducing greenhouse gas emissions or, you know, helping, you know, take an animal's life into consideration. 
uh, or, you know, better for your health. Any way you slice it, it's, it's going to be a good thing. But with bee-free honey, you know, saving the bees, I, I loved that stat that you said it takes 60,000 bees for one pound of honey to get enough nectar to make one pound of honey. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the thing about it's, it's hard because people, when they think of honeybees, they think, well, they're going to make the honey anyway. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is it's not for us, right? (laughs) Well, and what's happening is they do make more than they need, but they, they make more than they need for times of drought or, you know, harsh weather, long winters. I mean, what they're doing is for a purpose. And so what's happening in the industry today is instead of leaving the honey, enough of the honey for, or keeping a stash of the honey uh, for times of drought, they're able to make more money off of the honey than it is to feed them uh, sugar water or corn syrup. So what they're doing is they're taking the honey and then they're feeding and I'm not saying this about everybody. Uh, the majority of of um, commercialized beekeeping, there are responsible beekeepers out there that are treating their hives respectfully. But when you consider of all the honey that's sold in the U.S., only one third of it is actually being harvested in the U.S. So two thirds is coming in. And if you're if you're ever in the mood for some some crazy reading, look up honey laundering and find out where that imported honey is coming from because it's not a, it's not a good thing. And it's illegal. Most of the honey that's coming in and being diluted into the honey that's being harvested to expand the quantities is illegal honey. And, um, and the U S government goes in and they confiscate it and there are huge warehouses, floor to ceiling, uh, that they confiscate. And it's crazy. Wow. And, and, um, you know, they've done a really good job of creating this image of being these really happy, friendly beekeepers, but they're taking the bees and loading them on flatbed trucks and they're driving across the country uh, and landing the bees down to pollinate for about two weeks, and then they load them back up, and then they go to the next orchard or field to land and pollinate. And so what's happening is the natural life cycle of a bee is to be in a hive, and they stay. the hive stays in one place, and they travel two to three mile radius, and they gather their nectar, and they you know spread their pollen, and they make their honey. That's that's what their life should be. And so when you when you when you load them onto these trucks, not only are you exposing them to every climate, but the climate uh, changes quickly because you're driving through it. So in a matter of days, you can go from cold to humid to you know dry and arid. So they're being exposed to every climate. Every state has their own pesticide. Uh, parasite. So now they're being exposed to every parasite and every orchard uses a different pesticide. So they're hmm. being exposed to everything. Now, and when you they, say parasite, what what do you mean? Well, the um 
So the, the bugs that you're going to have in Minnesota are going to be very different than the bugs that you would have in Florida. Hmm. Um, Minnesota, we have these deep freezes. Certain bugs die out. Certain bugs can survive. In Florida, you have that hot, humid climate. So you're going to have a totally different, um, you know, insect population. And so they're going to be exposed to different diseases. Um, and then when the orchards or groves hire bees for rent, they're not all coming from one person. They'll, they'll come in from all over. So now all these different hives are in this small area together and they're intermingling. And if one hive is infected with mites and the hive to the right is not, well, by the time they leave, chances are the mites are going to move over. And so all these things are coming at the honeybee and then their honey is being taken away from them and they're being fed, you know, um, nutritionless food. And I beekeepers say to me, you know, they get mad and say they love it. If you put sugar water down, they'll go to the sugar water before they go to their own honey to eat. Right. And, you know, my response to that is children love junk food, but that doesn't mean, I mean, if you give a child the choice of, you know, um, candy or an apple, they're going to choose the candy every time, but that doesn't make it right to feed it to them no especially for them long terms that that's that's totally right and this is amazing i love talking about the the hunt the 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 life of the bee the life cycle of the bee and i wanted to see if you could expand more on that especially being the daughter of a beekeeper can you can you walk us through you know we talked about the the two to three mile radius and why that hive has to stay in the same place and why it's important to them because that's part of their life but Walk me through the the gathering of the nectar and the pollination process and kind of how that happens from from start to end. Well, so so the the larva of the bee actually they eat bee pollen. And so when we take the bee pollen, we're taking the food of the larva of the bee first of all. And then um the bees are born fully grown. And when they pollinate, um, the other interesting thing about our pollinators is the honeybee is actually not native to the U.S. And, and they wet pack the pollen onto their legs. So there's a, there's a strain of bee, it's called the blue orchard bee or the mason bee. And they're, they don't wet pack, but uh, they're actually more efficient pollinators because they don't wet pack when they um, go into the pollen, they're like little fairies sprinkling pollen all over the place because it just kind of falls off of them. Wow. And it actually makes them a more effective pollinator and they are resistant to colony collapse disorder, which is the name they're giving to the decline of the honeybee. And so um, now they're looking to domest figure out how to domesticate the blue orchard bee. And, you know, <clears throat> how, I, how I look at that is, so we've destroyed one species of bee, and now we're going to the next species so we can figure out how to destroy that, that one too. So, 
you know, instead of, instead of looking at, um, at these really beautiful, powerful insects that are so important to our planet as a commodity or a tool, what I, what we're trying to promote is what can we do as a society to help them regain in strength and in numbers and make this a world that they can thrive in, but we can progress in our lives as well. How do we, how do we live together so that both can thrive? And so, um, so we've actually started a nonprofit um, and we found an orchard that we're working with. We're really excited about it. And they're, they want to be a part of the model of how it can be and how it should be. And it's not going to happen overnight. And we're both aware of the challenges. But so for every bottle purchased of Bee Free Honey, we're donating to the charity. And, you know, the reason we started our own charity was because we were looking for places to donate the money from purchase bottles purchased. Sure. And what we were finding is there are a lot of charities out there that give money to research. And we didn't want to put money towards research and how to make um, a mason bee domesticated or how to genetically modify the honeybee to make it, um, you know, more resilient. Um, we wanted to put money into people doing work on the ground that truly made a difference and, um, and to prove to the world, because we're told over and over that what we're saying can't work, that that's not how we do business. And this is how business is done. And that's all there is to it. And this is not how business has always been done. We built this country with a, <clears throat> You know, bees were not rented out when we founded this country, and and pollinators thrived. It was really only when we started the monoagricultural system that bees started to decline, and and then when we started moving them around. This has been going on for quite a long time. It's just gotten to the point where it's dramatic enough it's being talked about right and and what do you say to beekeepers like your father i mean they they would say not your father but other beekeepers who aren't you know jiving with the whole animal cruelty thing might say you don't know what you're talking about you know i give them sugar water and it's great like you're trying to take away my job. You know, what are we supposed to do? Just let these bees be free. I mean, what do you, what do you say to them? Well, one of the things that we're trying to promote is that beekeepers get paid livable wages. Part of the problem um, is that honey is not priced to support beekeepers. And um, so what we really need to do is, pay beekeepers enough that they can they can look at the bee and <clears throat> focus on the the value of the insect and not on the commodity that they create 
they can't survive just selling the honey and they can't survive in just renting the bees. And, and there, and you know, there are, there are several beekeepers out there that say they can't afford to keep the bees over winter. So they kill off their, their hives. So they don't have the cost of the hive over the winter months. I mean, it's crazy. Right. Right. It is. So why are we devaluing it? Because people don't, people don't want to pay for what the actual value is, is, you know, what the beekeepers say. And then, you know, and then they'll say, you're trying to put us out of business and you're sending the wrong message. We can't, you know, we can't, it's hard enough to do what we're doing now. And, and at the same time, you hear this argument, you know, when the oceans were being overfished, um, you heard the argument that you couldn't put any more restrictions on the fishermen because the industry wouldn't survive it. When, um, you know, in trying to move from coal and uh, gasoline and trying to move into clean energy, you hear the same argument. I think it's just, I think people have a hard time with change. Yeah, change, change for the better too. It's like, come on guys. Yeah, I, I feel like, why wouldn't you be, why is it that a honey alternative company is the ones that are standing up for the bees? Why aren't the honey companies doing this? Hmm. It because really... It- yeah, because it wouldn't. Uh, I guess it's going to take something like. Uh, I mean, you know, you look look at a company like um, Just Mayo. Have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. Oh, Hampton yeah. Creek. I mean, you know, there's some controversy the with them, of course, yeah. of course. But I mean, you know, look at what happened. I mean, I think Hellman's l- laid a big lawsuit on them, and then all of a sudden, Hellman's comes out with their own vegan mayonnaise. You know, mm-hmm. so it does take you know uh, trailblazers like you to caused that that massive change i mean look at the look at the dairy industry the third largest dairy industry uh you know dairy company in the world bought uh silk milk so delicious and another another vegan brand and yeah you know vegans are kind of freaking out a little bit like what are we what are they doing it's a dairy brand but i'm kind of like you know what isn't that what we wanted it isn't isn't to go mainstream yeah don't you want it to just be second nature and you know i have some hardcore vegans in my circle that are kind of like, well, they're not even going to know. They're not even going to know that it's a vegan product. And I'm like, that's a win. I mean, who cares? It's just, what if milk is no longer cow milk? It's just milk. And there's all different types of milk. There's almond milk, oat milk, um, you know, uh, rice milk, coconut milk, all this kind of milk. So anyways. Well, and Hormel just uh, recently purchased Justin's nut butter. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Good for them. Yeah. Yeah, because it's um, it's a different protein. Yeah, and Tyson uh, purchased Beyond Meat, so yeah. all these all these vegan companies are getting snatched up, and that's great. You know, just grab them, do it. Yeah. Um. Let's let's talk about the ingredients. Um. I love that they're USA apples, and I love that they're organic. And uh, is it still three ingredients: the lemon juice, the apples, and then the vegan quality cane sugar? Is that right? Yes. Uh, uh, it's still three ingredients that I don't, uh, for the original, okay. uh, the mint, we add, fr- we steep fresh mint 
the ancho chile, we steep whole anchos. And the slippery elm, we use organic North American slippery elm to create. And slippery elm soothes a sore throat and calms an upset stomach, aids in digestive. What does it taste like, slippery elm? It's really nice. It's soft. It, um, it has a little bit more of an earthiness to it. Some people, uh, quite a few people think that it actually tastes a little bit more like traditional honey. Okay. But it does, because it's slippery elm, um, the name is a descriptive as well. It ha- have, have you had okra? Have you ever worked with okra? I don't think I have. Well- okay. Okra has a slime to it, right? Okay, okay. And so slippery elm has this goober effect that's kind of cool. Kids <laughs> like it, but it's visual. It's not a mouthfeel thing. You oh, you don't yeah. notice it if it's in your mouth. Yeah. But if you look at it, it's got this elasticity that's oh. going on. Oh, it's my really- gosh. I like it. It's cool for me. But um, but that's what is coating your throat to soothe it. If you're familiar with throat coat tea. Sure. The coat for your throat in that tea is slippery elm. I see. So you could add this honey to any tea and customize and make your own. Are you guys in Whole Foods in Central Florida here? Or is that not one of the regions that you're in? I I believe that is one of the regions we are not in. Okay. So I'll have to order it on Amazon. That's no problem. Yeah. I can do that. I can do that. Um, uh, Directly from our website too. Okay. Good stuff. We have a mix and match. So I want to talk for a second. You know, you say vegan quality cane sugar, and I don't think people understand that most sugar is not vegan. Can you... I mean, I know the answer to this, but can you, for our listeners, describe why? <laughs> uh, well, most uh, granulated sugar, they use bonchar in the processing. So That's right, folks. Sugar... You heard it. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, cane, uh, the cane part is vegan in itself. It's the processing. I don't know why they still do it. It seems so archaic. But um, somebody out there saying like, it's the way we've always done it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what do you mean? It's the way we've always done it. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, you have to really search hard and far and wide to find those, those nuggets uh, within companies where that, you know, the company that we, we use, they have one plant that, uh, doesn't use bone char. So we, we can use their sugar, but we have to make sure that it comes from that specific plant every single time. And I tell ya, it just, you're just really, <laughs> I know, seriously, come on guys. Um, mm-hmm. now what is the, the purpose is for the consistency, right? It's not, it's not just sugar laden, right? Like just covered in sugar. It's, uh, well, actually 80% apple. Okay, there you go. And we just use enough sugar to give it the tackiness of yep. traditional honey, but okay. that's but that's it. And then the lemon juices uh, are preservative. Yes, which is brilliant. I love lemon juice, and it's a wonderful preservative. You could put it on your avocados before you put them in the fridge, you know, stuff like that. Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, and the packaging. You know, I, I remember Mark on Shark Tank. When When was that? Was that June of 2015? Is that when that was? No, well, we uh, 
we filmed in September 2015. We okay. aired in February of 2016. Oh my gosh, February. So it's about almost, it's almost a year then. It's your year anniversary. I know. Oh my goodness. And it's been a crazy year, right? I mean, was it like after the show, it was like three months of insanity and then it tapered off or has it just been like steadily crazy ever since the show? You know, so after the show aired, it was an onslaught, but we had, we went, we went on the show to get money for expansion. But when the show aired, we had not expanded yet. Oh, no. <laughs> so we were in this shared kitchen and we had one day a week in the shared kitchen. And so when we, you know, when we worked there before, we would, we would get there at about six in the morning and we'd leave about six at night and then afterwards, we were getting up at two in the morning, so we'd get there at three, and we were leaving at eight and nine o'clock at night. Unbelievable. Just trying to maximize our time there. It was crazy. And we actually grew 400% after we aired in that one space. I mean, I really thought when we went on the show that we had hit our ceiling. Yeah. And we still grew after that. But Unbelievable. Now, yeah, it was crazy. And we went through quite a few uh, co-packers trying to find the right fit and right. somebody who's willing to do a slow cook method. And, uh, you know, our product isn't like a product that's out there right now. So nobody's set up to work with this. And... So we finally found a company in Houston that has been so patient and kind and willing to work with us. And so um, now we're just at the point where we're going to just run with it. We can finally start really promoting and we can finally get out and, um, you know, do what we wished we could have done after we aired of course. And and you guys are all over social media, I'm guessing, right? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, brilliant. And do you know what your handles are off the top of your mind so we can tell people? I mean, I will, of course, include it, but uh, I just always like to let people talk about it before. It's Be Free Honey all the way. There we go. Be Free Honey. Go check them out, folks. Two E's. Two yeah. E's. H-O-N-E-E -E for everybody. Yeah. Well, let's talk real quick about the packaging because originally Mark had said, oh boy, if you say you're going to save a thousand bees on the front of the package, this is a multi-billion dollar company uh, or a hundred million dollar company or something like that. And you ladies, yeah. your look was priceless when he said that. But um, so what what did you do? Because I know that on the front, it says you can save 7,500 bees uh, by purchasing this product. That That was obviously a strategic move, right? Well, yeah, so our, our bottle is 12 ounces, so it's not, um, you know, so what we did was we, and we went on a conservative there, there, you know, depending on, there's so many variables in honey making, depending on how, how many flowers are available to the hive and how many trips it needs to take and how much water it's, you know, has been available for the plants and blah, blah, blah is depending on how much a bee can gather 
in pollen, how healthy the plants are and how. So anyway, so we took a conservative number for a 12 ounce bottle of, of honey on uh, the estimation of number of bees. And so, um, so that's how we came up with that number. And, um, and what we're saying is for every bottle that you purchase, you're taking the demand off of the honeybee. Right now, they can't make enough honey. And so we're importing um, honey from other countries. And, um, and the incentive for the beekeeper to take the honey from the bee and feed them sugar water and corn syrup is higher with higher demand. If we can just level things out a little bit, slow it down, allow the bees to have their own food, a break in production so that they can regain in strength and health and in numbers, then maybe that's the first step in turning this around. And then the next steps come from, you know, working with um, donating money to people who are working on the ground to actually uh, build up numbers responsibly and then we're working with this orchard. So uh, they're planting seeds. They're named Sasha Orchards in Wisconsin. And they are the oldest uh, orchard in the state. And, um, and they're, they're willing to work towards not renting bees. They're devoting land to plant so that there's a bloom from spring until autumn. And uh, having multiple hives throughout the orchard so they're not moving the hives around too much. And allowing the bees to just be bees. And doing it for the good of the earth. And they're also willing to diversify their pollinators. So it's not just reliant on one pollinator. And so um, they've been really cool. And and hearing our message and saying, yeah, we're willing to be your guinea pig kind of thing. And, um, and let's do this. This is going to be good. This is going to be a good thing for everybody. It is and so, so yep. yeah, we're hmm. so excited. We're so excited. Well, because- be- before I let you go, you got to tell us about the flavors. I want everybody to know who hasn't tried it before about these amazing flavors. So go for it. So we have the original uh, mint, ancho chile, and slippery elm. And later this year, we're coming out with um, a honey that will have the same nutritional uh, benefits as traditional honey. Wow! And what what are those benefits? Just off the top of your head. Uh, well, the the traditional honey has um, the micronutrients, amino acids, uh, all the benefits of pollen. Because the nutrients come from the pollen, not from the nectar. Okay. The nectar is, it, is actually carbohydrate. And is it true that if you ingest the pollen during the right pollen season, that it can help you fight off allergies? Is that true or is that just a myth? Uh, my understanding, and I'm not a doctor, but my understanding is there hasn't been a scientific study proving that. Okay. It's more of... Uh, people's responses. Placebo effect? 
<laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know. I. I. I don't know. Yeah. I. You know. I don't want. I know. My sister-in-law swears by it. But, really? Yeah. Wow. But I. You know. If it. If it helps. Uh, yep. Then you know who am I? Yeah. But um. But uh. So yeah. So we ask everybody if you're not using this as a medicinal, and you're cooking with it, you're going to be killing. Uh, a lot of the nutrients anyway with the heat. Why not find an alternative? Allow the bees a break. And, um, you know, whether it's bee-free honey or some other honey alternative, you know, please give the bees a break. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And what a great way to end the show. Give the bees a break, my friends. Katie, thank you so much for coming on the show. You were an absolute pleasure to talk to. And uh, I wish you all the best success in the world. We're going to blast this out there for you and make sure people go check out the website be free honey and that's h-o-n-e-e and it's of course spelled b like b-e-e freehoney.com so go check them out thank you so much for being on the show thank you it was a joy all right guys hey what's up it's Corey back in the studio thank you so much for making it through another episode of lean green dad radio but hey don't let your experience end here visit us online at leangreendad.com you can also follow us on facebook twitter pinterest instagram we've even got a grocery shopping series that you can sign up for it's a free three-part series and it'll send you three cheat sheets that you can take with you for wonderful brands just like be free honey that uh, you can shove into your cart and make your life a little bit easier at home to eat a plant-based diet. Until next time, my friends, thank you so much for tuning in again and uh, keep going that extra mile for your family. And we'll talk to you soon. See you next week.